Thank you for downloading this Desenio podcast. For more podcasts, visit desenojournal.com. Hello and welcome to Desenio Podcasts. My name is India and I'm Desenio's deputy editor. This year, Paris's staple design fair Maison et Objet has been rescheduled for March due to the winter disruption of coronavirus. Ahead of the fair, I sat down to talk with Franklin Z, who has been chosen by Maison et Objet as their designer of the year. Franklin, who is an architect working out of Paris, will be presenting an installation that explores the future of office design. It's a topical question for the industry, given the current state of flux over office working. We discussed his approach to designing the future by remixing samples from the past, the importance of building spaces that can be flexible, and how architects might design for the long term, rather than focusing on crisis design. Let's listen to that conversation now. Hello, I'm delighted to be joined today by Franklin Azee, who is Designer of the Year for this latest edition of the Maison and Objet Design Fair. This fair is happening a little bit later than usual this year due to the ongoing pandemic. And Franklin, how have you found the past two years in your practice and has it affected how, the, how you work? It must have affected a lot the way we are thinking. The way we're working has not changed so much, I would say. But we are thinking about the future maybe very differently. How are we going to live um, later? How we should work uh, differently? But I mean, I'm an architect, so I like to be physically in a place because we have to work with um, big drawings, models and, uh, and samples. And uh, all those things are very heavy or very wide or it's very difficult to, um, to, um, to make it um, to disappear as objects all the objects surrounding us. So I'm not sure I'm going to change the way I'm working physically, but uh, maybe the, the way we're going to think about the work and how do we live, this is another subject. And we're thinking a lot about this. Can you tell us about your installation for Maison and Objet and how you want to respond to the theme of work? We had a, a lot of questions about the theme that was uh, given by, uh, by uh, Maison et Objet um, because they were asking me to to understand what would be the future of working. I, I would say that I don't have the, the response. I don't have the answer. It's a, a, a big question mark for me. Uh, but it doesn't mean that a question mark doesn't mean that I don't have any ideas. But I prefer thinking about the past, how, do, how we've been working before. And there would be so many um, different ways of working uh, since uh, a century uh, or two centuries. And I prefer to work on how we used to work and maybe that the solution is in the past to uh, prevent the future, in, in my opinion. So the name of the installation is, a very, um, uh, is very symbolic. There is a, a symbol be between the name because uh, we called it retro, retro future. And uh, I like the idea of uh, going back to the past to be able to see the future better. And uh, maybe it's a bit um, uh, old-fashioned way of thinking uh, things. But uh, I'm not confident about designing the future. I, I don't, don't believe in this. Uh, I believe in analysis. I believe in um, uh, how, 
and really work about the, the, the historical way of working. And we decided to search for lots of images uh, from uh, the movie, from uh, the literature, from all the different uh, disciplines uh, to uh, understand the way people have been working since uh, centuries. Open spaces, closed space, vegetation in the space and uh, the, the discovery of the lifts in the, in the tower that have been changing things. And uh, I feel that uh, the future of working might be a mix of different past way of working. And uh, my generation is more a generation of uh, sampling. I mean, we are using a couple of things and we are trying to mix them together. And at the end of the day, it recreates a very modern new things or a new way of working. But uh, all the different ingredients, uh, we already know them. And that's what I like. And this, um, this retrofuture installation, the timeline, you mentioned sampling from it, but were there any common threads or themes that you saw running throughout this kind of history of offices? Yeah, well, I mean, the installation is, um, again, is a symbol because um, we are going to have uh, this um, object in the center of the, the Maison Objet. Maison Objet, as you know, is a place where there's lots of people, everybody's talking, the, are, uh, the time is very fast. Uh, you, you have only half an hour to see uh, 10 different spaces and uh, you have uh, 30 meetings and, uh, and we thought it was very important that the, the installation was, uh, would be like a cut in the time. I mean, uh, some place where uh, you, it's like going into an island for a while. And uh, we decided to produce that installation as um, a cocoon, like um, an object you enter inside the time lapse is um, is uh, ending, and uh, you spend the time you need to spend. It can be a place for resting, for example, um, because you don't have, you don't have time to rest when you're doing maison et objet. It's so fast, so it's a resting space. And I wanted to show in the installation the way I'm working. So it's more like a artistic uh, installation than uh, interior designer installation. And that was important to say this, because I would have been very able to do uh, interior design or architectural installation, but um, I didn't go through that process. I prefer showing something which is out of time, uh, out of um, defined design, but more uh, artistic installation. So. If I have to do a summary of the installation, you'll have that big envelope, which is made of uh, felt. The felt is a very sustainable um, um, material because it's made of lots of uh, uh, Western fabrics that you melt together and you reproduce a layer with this. And uh, it's like a base, the artist base used to use a lot the felt. And, uh, and basically you don't see what's inside the installation unless you open the curtain and you go inside. So it's a very minimalistic installation. And inside you have enormous tables, which are screens, and those screens are um, showing all the tools I'm working uh, as an architect, as an old school architect. So that's interesting that you wanted it to feel more like an art installation than a pure interior design one. Was there any particular artist or piece that you looked for for inspiration when creating it? 
Maybe it's again a mix of lots of different artists that um, that that influenced me. Um, I'm very fond of uh, minimalistic arti artists since um, I was 14 years old. Uh, I love uh, Donald Judd, who's for me extremely powerful. Um, I love uh, bass, as I was talking about. I love uh, Marcel Duchamp as well because he he, he works with uh, ready-mades. And you'll see that in my installation, it's more or less made with ready-mades because everybody was expecting that I would design something because that's what we're doing every day, designing furniture, designing uh, uh, interior design. And I thought, I mean, what's the point? Um, I, I prefer doing something that I've never done before. And uh, I hoped it would be successful and, uh, and beautiful and, uh, and full of uh, poetry. But uh, it's a new thing I'm doing. And to create this place out of time in the middle of a busy design fair, was it important to you that it was a, a physical installation? And how do you see that connecting to these ideas about the future of work? You're totally right, because it's a physical installation. I'm definitely convinced about this, because uh, I want to rethought the relationship between the body and the space. That's true that when you're in Maison Objet, the body is not existing anymore because it's a huge space, crowded of people, so the, the body is not expressing itself in a sense. And creating that space, that envelope, uh, very unique, will put some question about the place of a human scale uh, within a, a wider object. So, and the sound it will be very important as well because the, the felt, as you know, is very good for sound. It's a soundproof, the best that we, we know. Um, the piano are made with felt for the, the strings. Uh, it's very related with the sound, that material. So we wanted to create that soundproof envelope for the people uh, that would go inside. That's interesting you were talking about body and space, because in some ways the pandemic has really disrupted our relationships between the body and space, because enclosed spaces have become dangerous we've become kind of isolated sitting in our rooms and now we're coming back into offices how how do you think the pandemic will change these modes of working and how do you think designers are going to be asked to respond to these new issues I mean soundproofing for once I can imagine being really useful because I'm just not used to working in a noisy office anymore well th the question is will the pandemic will change the design I don't have a clear answer about this because um, I'm, I'm not so confident about the design of emergency, I would say. Because maybe lots of designers have been done some new benches with a partition in between so two people could be uh, at the same place with the pandemic. That's what I call emergency design. And that's not the one which I do appreciate, in a sense. I prefer thinking about uh, creating a wider bench with no partition uh, I think it's more pure. I wouldn't say that the pandemic will change the design. It may, it may not change the design. Uh, it's just that we will find new way of uh, protect ourselves. Will the design be part of this protection? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't want to change my relationship with the body. I mean, the, the body is, um, it's been living with, between 2000 years. Uh, we've been ha having lots of pandemics. So I know that it's complicated to say this because everybody is afraid about the pandemic that we've been living, but there has been so many pandemics before and uh, people has, have not been changing so much. So 
maybe during the five next years, people will be very afraid and uh, protect themselves. But at the end of the day, we are free human beings and uh, we are, will still communicate and we will take the risk to communicate. I like to talk about pandemic, but I don't want that it would change the whole thing. It's the same that when we were um, first thinking about sustainable design for architecture. Uh, we are an office who is really, really working a lot about this, about uh, the, the uh, carbon, uh, um, carbon numbers, about uh, the durability of objects, about the materials that we're working on. But I'm not sure that the architecture should look like a sustainable architecture. I mean, for example, we are not obliged to use wood on the external facade. It's good if you want to have like a marketing uh, point of view about sustainable, and lots of people are doing this. But uh, I'm, I'm an architect who, who likes uh, the object that goes through the times. And uh, the wood can be used inside uh, for structure, for skeleton, for lots of things. But sometimes when you use it outside, it's it goes against the time uh, issue. So just to say that uh, it's not because there is a crisis and we are uh, today at the middle of five different crises because there is a health crisis, a sustainable crisis, an economic crisis, a political crisis. Uh, we are really in the middle of all the crises. But it's not because we've got crisis that the design should respond to this, those crises. I think that's a really interesting point you've made about sustainability, where designers then feel they have to not only design with sustainability, but make it look sustainable. The thing is that architecture is a, is a discipline which is very complicated to understand for people who are not doing this uh, work. Uh, because uh, we cannot be as designer, we cannot be as fashion designer, we cannot be as a, a object designer, because there is a relationship with, with the time. I mean, the, the time in architecture is very long, extremely long. We're not talking about one year, two years, five years, ten years. We're talking about 50 years, a century or more. If you're a good architect, sometimes your, your buildings are more than a century. Uh, so it's always complicated to, to, to try to be... Uh, because, for example, the fashion designer is very instant. I mean, the, the way he's, uh, he's doing three seasons a year or four seasons a year, so he can have that um, expression of his work with a very tiny space. Uh, an architect has to deal with perennity, with uh, a long-time objects uh, um, uh, sustainable. So I really believe that we have to be very careful with uh, fashion and architecture. It's not that I don't like fashion. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the first person who is really fond of fashion. But what we have to think of is more flexibility in the building. Because nowadays, um, if you design a building for a um, present crisis, uh, maybe in, in two years, this building will be totally old-fashioned in terms of use, in terms of... Uh, in terms of um, how, to, how you live the building. I prefer thinking something which is more open in the, in the flexibility. For example, uh, trying to have less structure in a building. Because if you have less structure, you can move the walls, you can uh, re reorganize a building, and you don't have to knock it down to erase it to have a new one. So I believe that flexibility is the more sustainable gesture that, that you can have. 
better than use uh, sustainable materials. Uh, some architects think that you have um, eco-friendly materials. That's true. I agree with this. But sometimes it's better to use uh, very um, heavy stones that will uh, stay uh, centuries, uh, then use very thin wall uh, that will stay 10 years. But uh, there is two different schools for architects. Some think that the heavy buildings are sustainable, some things that the light one are sustainable. I'm more into the heavy one. And uh, I believe, for example, in Paris, uh, the Haussmannian buildings, for example, they've been living 10 different lives. Uh, and they're still there, and you can still move things. It can become a house or an office, it's the same. Uh, you have that flexibility I was talking about. And um, I hate regulation for this. Nowadays, for example, an office should be 15 meters uh, wide, because they say that it was the best wide for an office, and house uh, should be, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, house should be 15 and, and uh, offices should be 18. If you find in the middle, it can do both. I mean, why should we uh, have a building with a function? I hate this in the city. Uh, the city should be moving all the, every year, and depending on the crisis, depending on the, the, the motion of the society, sustainable for me is flexibility. Your cross-disciplinary experience certainly gives you a, a different perspective on that. When it comes to flexibility and office design, what do you see uh, that being as the future of work? How, how do you think designers should be building flexibility into office spaces? Yeah, for example, I would tell you something. Um, the most important thing in a building for an, an office, as far as I'm concerned, is the, the, the no structure I was, as I was talking about. Because during the past, we've been doing open spaces, tiny spaces, micro-architecture, and that's where we're, we just went through the micro-architecture design with furnitures, uh, with uh, the sofa, with... Uh, a big back and a side so you can give calls and it's good for acoustic and uh, I think that's a period. I mean, we are doing micro-architecture with furniture in the office, but tomorrow we're going to do something else. Uh, and, uh, but tomorrow we won't be able to do anything else if we have lots of walls everywhere or if we have um, uh, a too formalistic uh, shape within a, 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 an office because uh, um, it's uh, always complicated to, to refurbish a building when it's, uh, uh, for example, the, the, the LVMH Foundation. I wouldn't like to, re to refurbish it. It would be very complicated, if you know what I mean. And the architecture from the 60s, 70s, 80s were more squared. So you can refurbish them more easily. So for me, an office, uh, we went through all those different stages and maybe that tomorrow we will, we will have to deal more with uh, what we smell, what we listen, what we see, uh, and more the senses. And uh, I feel like uh, the next generation of offices will be uh, dealing with, uh, um, how do we say, the, the good quality of living. But uh, the good quality of living is always related to, to uh, uh, what you smell, what you see, and what you hear, and what... Uh, and it's, again, a link with the body. Body is the masterpiece of new offices. 
What What would your dream office smell like? Uh, I would tell you, I love lots of different smells. I love the smell of wood. Not all of them. I mean, uh, there is a good smell for the wood. I love the smell of concrete. I mean, uh, I, it's my uh, Madeleine de Proust. Uh, I don't know this expression in France, but uh, uh, when I go into a, a work site we are doing and I smell the concrete, I love this smell. But don't worry, I, I won't give this smell for office uh, interior design, but uh, um, I, I think it's, uh, the smell could be a pollution as well for the scents. I hate going to a parfumerie because there is too many smells and, uh, and my, my head is not understanding what I smell. So it's better to have a smell which is very clear, very smooth, not too strong. And, uh, and sometimes this smell can be done with only the material you're using. Uh, we've been using lots of fabrics, for example, for interior design. We've been doing uh, some natural element for um, a shop we did in New York for Isabelle Maron, and it was uh, it's like grass, but it's it's got a good smell. Smell is important. Uh, the light is important. Again, for example, when we design offices, and this is why I say that the structure should be minimized. Less structure is a better space for me, uh, because the natural light is part of uh, a good happiness for the for the people working inside. So. All my point of view are point of view of architect about the quality, the interior quality. And that's why I like this. I mean, that's the way I think about uh, offices. Um, again, it's important that uh, the furnitures are um, really related to the body. I've, I've never done something better than the normal uh, height of a table and normal height of chairs. I'm very classical. You've been listening to a Desenio podcast. For more podcasts, visit desenojournal.com. This podcast was made for and supported by Maison and Elche and produced and edited by Evie Hall. Our music is by Zapsplat. <laughs>